Hey everyone, welcome to the Doc May Diet Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brian May. Every episode, I strive to break down and talk about the most relevant health topics and give you the basics so you have what you need to know and understand in order to live a healthy and happy life. So if you're listening, thank you. And thank you for trusting me to guide you along your journey of personal health and wellness. Also, if you're listening, feel free to share my message. Go ahead and like and subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And also follow me on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Doc May Diet. Without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to Doc May Diet Podcast, episode 24. My guest today is Joshua J. Diesel. Josh is a certified personal trainer through National Academy of Sports Medicine, also a lifestyle transformation specialist. Josh has helped transform hundreds of people's lifestyles, helped them get into the best shape of their life, including actually a mutual friend of ours, which is actually how I got to know Josh. But you can check him out at joshuajdiesel.com. He's got a bunch of good workout programs, meal planning. Um, nutrition tips, 24 seven support, and pretty much everything in between. So Josh, I see you on Instagram, man. You're constantly consistently producing good content, like 10 times a day. You're the hardest working guy I see on there. And it looks like you're working out like three times a day, man. Is that true? Um, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting, man. I, I just, you know, I live a, by a mindset of, of stay active. Um, so, you know, some days I will get multiple workouts. Typically if they're, 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 you know, actual structured workouts, I'm going to go into two actual, you know, structured workouts for the day. That's typically a mindset that I'll have going into something. But I think a lot of, you know, what I show on there, um, and even what I tell a lot of my clients, um, and I think that's really the thing that is, you know, transformation of lifestyle um, that it doesn't necessarily have to be, hey, let me go, you know, get a workout. It's just living an active lifestyle. So a lot of times we'll see, you know, that I post on there. Maybe I got my workout for the day, but I've got some time to kill in the middle of the day. Let me go for a, a little bit of a run, you know, especially, you know, like we just talked about down here. The weather is so nice. So, um, you know, any given you day, you know, I'm sorry, where are you at right now? So the people know. Uh, yeah, so I'm down in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Um, you get a consistent 80 degree weather, um, sunshine and pretty much every day. So um, you probably see some of those pool workouts I, I make every now and then because that's uh, that's always nice. Um, but, you know, anything really to, to get moving. And that's really the ideology that I preach and that I give to everybody. You know, you can make anything a workout. Um, people call me crazy because I'll be doing the most simple task, but I'm going to make it like a workout. You know, how can I, how can I get a little bit more out of this? And ultimately that's really the ideology behind that. You know, as I look through my day and I work with a lot of business owners, people who are busy, you know, throughout their day. So it's very important for them to utilize any type of downtime they have, maybe even at work in the office, um, you know, and those are the things really that transform the lifestyle, you know, as opposed to just taking, you know, a, a you know, a, 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 a fitness sort of, you know, journey for, you know, a couple of months. Um, it really creates a lifestyle where you carry it throughout the rest of your, your, your life, you know. That makes sense. So I guess for me to contextualize that, that'd be as opposed to just like giving somebody a structured workout, like, all right, here's like your half an hour in the gym, like, here's like the, the reps and sets you have to do. And you probably do that too. But I think where you, what you're saying is like the lifestyle transformation comes into thinking outside of just like your 30 minutes dedicated to exercise for the day. 100%, 100%. You know, I figure most of the people that come to me for help, um, that is what I do. They want, they want the structure. And in all honesty, that's what most people lack. Um, you know, so that the, the, the lifestyle sort of comes secondary to that first, you know, we build the structure, you know, right. Hey, yep. I want you to do these three or four workouts, you know, throughout the week, I want you to eat these different things, build that structure there to give you a good foundation. And then from there, it's funny. I always say, you know, probably half of what I do is, is sort of like a psychology type thing. I feel like I'm a, you know, a psychologist for my yeah. people. 
um, where, you know, really then it takes it to that next step. Okay. You know, you've been consistently in this workout. Um, what do you, you know, what are your days looking like now? Okay. You drop the kids off. You got to do these things and you have this hour that works out. What do you think we could fit in in that little time? And some of my clients will say, yeah, I got, you know, 30 minutes. Um, I don't know what to do. I'm not a big runner whatever it is. I've got this, you know, this bike and I'm cool. Let me make you a quick little, little workout that you can even look at on there between your bike and some push-ups, some bikes and some, you know, body weight squats. Um, but that's really what it is. It's developing the mindset to get everybody geared up and going, but certainly starting with that structure is, is ground one. Yeah, man. I think that's what makes you different and sets you apart is because, you know, pretty much any certified personal trainer can write up a, a workout program, you know, like three, four days a week, whatever the case may be, a certain amount of prescribed sets and reps, but you're actually training people to look at all little angles and cracks and windows throughout their day. And even if it, they can't get that extra workout in like that 10 minute break they have, at least they're thinking about it. Right. And that gets the mindset changing and, and the gears turning to, to, like you said, transforming their lifestyle into thinking about fitness and activity a lot more than they typically would if they were just getting like a prescribed cookie cutter workout program. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's really, you know, that's the name of the game. Like I said, certainly, you know, they want to have those things, but for me, um, I think, you know, like you said, that is the difference. There's a lot of coaches out here. So, you know, one of the things I always tell people when they find me, you know, is that, you know, I'm happy that you, you entrusted me with, with this. And for me, I take that very personal. So I definitely want to give value in there. And I, I, I for me, I've had people when I first started doing it, um, that would, you know, they, they, they pay for the program, they enroll in the program, and then you really might not hear from them anymore. They go and, or they do it for the, you know, for three months, for six months. And then as I check on them after it, they're no longer in it. So for me, you know, the true success in my program comes with, you know, when people work for me, work with me for, um, you know, whatever time period may be six months, a year, um, you know, whatever that is, um, you know, but, the true success is comes after that, after they no longer work with me and they right. no longer right. need another trainer ever again in their life because yeah. they now, you know, do it for them. And they now know the things that they need to carry them for the rest of the life. You know, right, man. Absolutely. And that's also what I strive to do for it. And I always like to say, I rather, I rather teach you how to fish as opposed to just giving you the fish. And then once the fish is Absolutely. gone, if you know how to fish, you're back to square one. So that's, that's, that's the goal. That's awesome. 100%, 100%. So to play devil's advocate then to that end of things, to always looking to get a workout in, what are your thoughts on proper recovery and rest? So rest and recovery is certainly um, important. You know, you know it like I know it. You know, in fact, you know, we can, you know, and I've been, you know, to this, to myself sometimes to, you know, really tell myself to slow down. So especially a person as active as I am, um, you know, it's very important that I tailor my, my recovery very importantly. So for me, I take, you know, because of, I, I do have a high activity level and most days I'm doing some type of things. I believe in an active, like active rest, yeah. because for me, I do want to stay moving, but it doesn't have to be, you know, go in the gym and, you know, throw around 300 pounds. Um, it doesn't have to be these different things. You know, it can be, you know, just a walk, you know, take the family yeah. out for a walk, you know, right. um, anything like that, you know, pretty much anything to, to be moving, um, you know, where it can still be rest, I'm still not getting, you know, um, vigorous activity, and my body is still able to recover. Um, and then, you know, on the other side of that you have, you know, very intentional rest too. sleep is so important that so many people, especially the people that I work with, you know, these business owners, people that are short on time, yep. typically, that's where they're cutting the time from sleep, you know, they're burning it on both ends, you know, getting up early, going to bed late. Um, and it really does cut into, you know, it, you know, some of the, the effectiveness of what you're doing, all the work you're doing, that rest is certainly important. Yeah. And whether, then, whether it's building muscle or losing fat, sleep is paramount. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's when your body does most of the work. You know, we, you know, I try to explain to people, you know, when we're doing all these things in the gym, all we're really doing, we're breaking the body down where you're really building it up or really making those, that headway, really making that, that, that progress is going to be when your body's doing nothing, quote unquote, nothing. You feel like it's doing nothing, but your body's doing a whole lot. And that yeah. healing process in that rest is where you're going to see all of, you know, those gains and all of that progress really takes place. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. So somebody comes to you and they ask you, all right, you're on an elevator with somebody. They're like, all right, Josh, what are, what are three things I need to start doing like today if I want to start losing some weight and losing some fat? 
Um, so typically what I tell people, um, so as, as you can probably see from the way I sort of operate, um, everything is mindset, right? So I, I tell them, you know, what's your favorite thing to do activity prior wise, you know, maybe it's right now, um, just start. So the first thing I say is just start. I don't care what it is. Um, maybe, yeah, I used to love running, but now, you know, 70 pounds overweight and it kills me that I can't run. Well, go walk. Um, go and do the run. You can run, uh, you know, a 20 minute pace mile. And that's, you know, that's going to be better than you not running at all. So the first thing I tell people is start because that's really the ideology that a lot of people have a hurdle getting over. Um, you know, it can be very daunting looking at where you've been and knowing, okay, I'm not, you know, where I used to be. And I know that that's going to be an uphill battle, but without that first step, you will never go. Um, so the first thing I say to people is, is, is start. Um, the second thing I say to them is going to be dietary. I'm a very big proponent of, you know, and this is usually for people that come to me and maybe they're very far from where they want to be. You know, maybe they are, you know, very overweight. Um, and they're looking for something to make a change where really, you know, that physical movement might be a harder thing right off the bat. Right. You know, when I tell them, Hey, make a, make a dietary change. Typically one, one round thing I could tell for everybody. I don't tell anybody to cut carbs. I, I say cut bread. Um, most people eat immense amount of bread. Um, it's, it's one of the most, you know, empty carbs that our body is going to, going to do, you know, especially if they're eating, you know, like white bread, um, you know, things like that. So actually for me, when I first made my, my first, my first action of changing my lifestyle, it was that I just stopped eating bread. Um, and you see, you see pretty big changes for such a small action. Um, yeah. So that's that, those two things. And then, you know, really it's just, um, consistency. That's, that's a third thing that I tell people, you know, whatever little action that you do today in that first step where I told you to start, do it every day for a week. Right. Then take it from there, do it every day for, for a month, you know, um, consistency, consistency is probably the biggest factor and just about anything we do. Um, you can take the smallest step, but if you do it every day for the rest of your life, you're going to go pretty far. Um, you know, so those three pillars I think are, are paramount in getting you ahead in, you know, not only your fitness journey, but anything really, you know, in, in life, but yeah, definitely in that fitness journey, um, you know, getting that, that nutrition starting and then just sort of consistency, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, th I think that simple little nugget you gave of just cutting out bread that alone. I mean, if everybody did that, that we would see some tremendous results. And now obviously there's a time and place for, for carbohydrates and stuff, a little more nuanced conversation, but Generally speaking, somebody who's overweight into obesity, trying to lose weight, cutting out bread is a great piece of advice. It's huge because, you know, just as a society, an American society, we utilize bread so much. Um, and like I said, you know, I never tell them, hey, don't you don't have to cut out carbs. Don't replace the bread with more carbs. But like wherever you're eating bread, if you're making a sandwich, take the take the bread and don't put it on. Eat, eat the, just the meat, um, you know, anything like that. So, yeah, it's it's an immense step, a small action that creates a pretty, pretty noticeable change and usually, you know, aids in getting their mindset clicked over towards getting, you know, getting in that right direction. And yeah. it's sort of a rewarding thing for them. They see because. It is such a small action. They're like, wow, I only did this. And I saw, you know, I lost, I lost eight pounds. Yeah. Um, imagine if I, you know, do really clean up my diet and add some action, you know? Yeah, so it's, it's like the gateway into like, what else can I do now? Exactly. Exactly. Right. So what are some of the most common stumbling blocks your, your clients run into and how do you help them get over those? Um, I say in all honesty, probably the, the, the biggest thing that I run into with people doing is literally the start, which is why that ended up being um, one of the most, you know, paramount, you know, pieces that I give to people when right. they ask me for it. Right. I have a lot of people, you know, especially this time of year, right? You know, you're coming off the new year, you get a lot of people who you know are very motivated at the end of, end of the year, they want to go, they want to keep things going. Um, but then it, it comes time and they see the, the workout. And it doesn't matter how basic you make the workout. It could be all, you know, body weight. It could be, you know, it's nothing, nothing, you know, crazy. But they see the workload. They see that, you know, it could be 30 minute workouts for three times a week. But just seeing it sort of evokes this, this fear. 
Um, and fear is a fear is a, a crippling thing, man, and it sort of keeps people in. And so, honestly, a lot of the work that I end up doing on people's programs is getting them started, um, really getting them to go. And that's where I say, you know, really, I come in, you know, as that psychologist, almost um, a therapist, really, and and give them things, you know, on on you know how to get started, how to you know really give them those three tips really on on, on getting going. Um, and then really, you know, one thing I do for them is help them identify their why. Um, you know, what's the reason that you want to do this? It can't be just because you have to, you know, especially when it's hard, you need to have it, you know, attached to something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. For those days when you're not feeling it. Um, and I tell people that all the time, like, you know, I'm not always feeling it, but I have, you know, my why's that I can always look and I can envision and I can say that's bigger than me. It's bigger than what I feel right now. It's bigger than me wanting to lay in bed. It's bigger than, you know, me not wanting to get this workout. So, yep. you know, that's really the biggest stumbling block people have to start. Um, typically, once people get going um, and probably by way of me giving so much of that, that psychology therapist type uh, thing, um, once they're going, they're usually going. Um, it's interesting, obviously, like just as, as the program goes on in anybody's duration that they take, um, I end up, you know, having to talk to them less, really just sort of checking in. I send my weekly videos just to, to, you know, to tell them, you know, their things that, you know, they, that I'm seeing in their track and their, you know, their progress. Um, but you know, the questions get further in between and you see the progress become a little bit more consistent and it's sort of like, you know, when they're on the training wheels and you sort of let them go and now they're riding. So, yeah, um, it's a pretty awesome. Thoughts, feeling. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are some, uh, some common whys for people? What are some, what are some of the most common, like bigger reasons other than just like wanting to, to look good at the beach next summer? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of people, um, some of the strongest ones that I see, um, tie it to family. Um, yeah. you know, I have a gentleman, he's like 46 years old. He's like, yeah, man, I had, you know, um, back surgery. And, um, my biggest fear is that, you know, we just had a kid three years ago, you know, when he gets, you know, whatever age, am I going to be able to throw the ball around with him? Am I going to right. be able to run around with him outside? You know, these different things, right. mom's getting old. Am I going to be able to help her, um, as she, you know, gets into, you know, into bed as she needs care, things like that. I think, you know, it's a, if you're a family oriented person, it's, it's immensely powerful to be able to tie it to those things. Mm -hmm. um, you get a lot of actual just health issues that people are. And those are some of the more jarring, the more, you know, alarming where it's like, you know, yeah, I have to or, I, you know, it may be my demise. Yeah. Um, like, you know, so those like, are always like I'm, I'm pre-diabetic about to transition to full diabetes like. My mom oh, yeah. had diabetes, she died. Like, yeah, you can get pretty deep with people on that. Yeah, yeah, man. And it's 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 crazy because in all honesty, that's the part that I, I really love about what I do. Um, you know, I really get to connect with people. Um, and as I continue to grow my portfolio and take on larger workloads at once, it's something that I want to make sure that I never lose. Right. Um, you see a lot of these people, you know, especially in this online space who do it and, you know, they have millions of followers and a lot of times they're very, you know, hands off. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to, you're going to get your program from them. You may never speak to them in your entire duration of the program. Right. Um, but for me, like, this is why I do it. Like, I love to connect people to, to really, you know, and, and say they graduate my program and, 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 you know, next year I see them and wow, like, look at him and his kid. They're out there and he started baseball this year. He's running around and that stuff gives me chills, man. Like yeah. I look at them, like, you know, I was able to help them, you know, come to that. So it's a really, really rewarding thing. Yep. And sometimes you got to ask why, like, I think like on average, you got to ask like seven times to, to, yeah. to the actual why. Like, yeah. <laughs> somebody coming in like, yeah, my neck hurts. I'm like, all right, well, why you want to get a fix? So, well, so it doesn't hurt anymore. I'm like, well, why? <laughs> like, so I can get through work. I'm like, well, why? Uh, so I can get, you know, a promotion. Well, why? So I can provide right. for my family. Okay. <laughs> you gotta, un you gotta uncover the layers. Yeah, for exactly. sure. Exactly. You gotta go through. All yeah, the doing a little digging is always good. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's uncomfortable for sure. Like, you know, you don't always want to like have to dig on people, but that, that's that's the art of of coaching and being a practitioner, right? You got you got to learn when to dig in when to lay off and that, that's that's all part of the experience yeah absolutely absolutely it's definitely there's definitely an art to it for sure yeah. um i know when i first started it was like 
like you said, it is uncomfortable sometimes and people get into some very deep things. Um, yeah. You know, some things that sometimes will just leave you speechless where you don't really know to go from it. Right. Um, but like you said, you know, really being able to uncover those things at the basis of what we do um, and trying to mentor, coach, get somebody back on right track or where they want to be. Those are the things that become necessary. Um, you know, with that practice, it becomes, you know, an easier thing to do. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I remember at the beginning of my career, like, I, I get a little too far sometimes. I actually <laughs> I had like this girl crying. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> that's not the goal. Not I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't want to get that far, but hey, you're know, right, man. <laughs> I was there. We dealt with it. Ended up working out, working out all right. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> all right, man. So now that we're talking about other people's sources of motivation, what are some of your biggest sources of motivation? Um, so for me and a lot of people ask me, you know, and keep in mind, I'm, I'm, you know, 12 plus years into my journey now. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, what was the thing for you for at the time when I, when I, when I first started, um, you know, sports was very big, big in, in my, I was getting, I was going to college for football. Um, and that was really just off the strength of my talent. And I was still overweight. I was about 265 pounds, really wasn't all all that strong I had natural strength but right. you know, not the stuff you're going to see at that next level so right. having that you know was a big motivator for me obviously at that time you know we all think hey I'm going to the league um so for me you know it was digging in and finding that Kobe-esque mindset of hey I know if I just go hard like I can you know I can you know make it to this this pinnacle of the sport that I love um so that was my initial why you know doing it for that um I think with those things and something that I try to explain to people um, is that your why, you know, you have that, that why and it's your initial one, but it may forever be changing. Um, you know, it may forever be changing. Like that's why I started. There was a point where I liked my physique. So I worked out to just look good on the beach. Like you said, something very vain um, right now, since it's my profession, I do it at my, my biggest why is my clientele. You know, yeah. it is the people that I'm giving advice to. You know, I tell people and I have a lot of people who, you know, reach out to me and maybe they don't enroll in my program. And I say, hey, well, just just follow what I do, because yeah. if nothing else. I'm going to lead by example. You right. know, I'm not going to tell you to work out three times a week and I'm not doing at least that. I'm not going to tell you, hey, maybe you need to you know, run a little more and you're not going to see me out getting that cardio in. So it's important for me, you know, some, I used to think, man, it's probably annoying to people, but so many people tell me like, hey, man, it's crazy to see, you know, the, the dedication that you have that, you know, to that. And for me, that's, that's my current biggest why, you know, for the people and all the connections that I've made, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I tell people about the mindset you have to be in for me to show that in real time for them and for them to look on my page at any given time at any given moment and see, okay, Josh is, Josh is working. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so like for me, that, that, that's a big why for me so that it's important that I practice what I preach. Um, it's important that I show the way and I lead by example. Yeah. So, so your why has evolved. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's a hard thing for people to really understand sometimes, you know, especially for some of the ones that, you know, you can try to uncover and try to really find those layers of their why, but it's still, you know, they're stuck on that surface level why. Um, Cause eventually that goes, you know, yeah. football, it goes looking good for the beach. Yeah. Cool. I'll go for the beach, find that those deeper levels. And sometimes it takes just sort of working through that first level layer of why and getting past that to find that next layer. Um, so really explaining to people that, you know, it's an evolving, it's an ever evolving, you know, reasons ever evolving, you know, as we are people ever evolving, you know? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, if you're losing motivation, you don't need a new workout program. You don't need a new diet. You might just need to uh, clearly define your why. And it might, it Absolutely. might have changed from what you started with five years ago. Yeah. I call it a mindset shift. Um, and I think regularly practicing that is an important thing. Definitely. Definitely. Awesome, man. So, so. Talk more about your personal journey then. So you started, you're an athlete, obviously in high school. And then was it at Westchester University you're playing football at? Yes, yes. So that's the one um, when I, well, out of high school, when I was just sort of getting looks from all these different colleges, that's, um, you know, that's what it was. But yeah, ultimately ended up going at Westchester to play. Um, and this is where I said I could really ramble when I start talking about my, my <laughs> journey because it, it gets me. So um, yeah, you know, I was, I was overweight for, for most of my childhood. Um, and then leading up into high school right before college. Um, and like I said, the football was a very big thing for me to go ahead and really want to make the change. Really something that was the first time really that I made a decision that, hey, 
I'm going to make this big change in my life. Um, and this is what I want to do. And I'm going to stick to it. And I made that decision that, you know, I wasn't going to stop. Um, you know, like I said, my first action was just to diet, make dietary changes. I stopped eating bread. I started eating salads. Now, albeit the salads at that time that I was consuming weren't even necessarily of the healthiest version, but you know, it wasn't over, it wasn't chicken and onion and all the cheese over rice. It was over lettuce. So, you know, just, just that little change definitely helped. And, um, you know, a lot of people ask about my running right now and I run so much and I say, that was, that was my first fitness love. I just, I just ran and it was, it was difficult because I was so heavy. Um, and that's why I tell people, you can go out there and you can run a 20, 30 minute mile, um, at your slowest pace, whatever, but just you being there and consistently going through, um, you know, is going to is going to start something. It's going to get the ball rolling. It's going to get the body um, sort of, you know, taking taking action. Um, and that was really, you know, my big thing. Um, I'd seen a video as well. I went on this cruise and got hypnotized, and we purchased the DVD. And the video of it was 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 alarming to me. I didn't realize when you're in it, you don't really realize that you're like that. I, I was still an athlete. I played football, so like. You know, social never really felt shunned or anything like that. Obviously, people would make remarks. You know, you're, you know, the, the the natural stuff, but it never really hit me because you know I still was. You know, it, it was never weighed heavy on my life. Yeah. Um, but when I saw that, I was like, whoa! I didn't really know that I was I was like that. Um, you know, so that mixed with the football really created a very big push. Um, and like I said, I got out there. I just started running. Um, interesting when I go back to my mother's house every now and then I run the same loop that I first ever ran and it's really it's a really cool thing just sort of like it's like nostalgic and it's like wow and this is this is where I started and I think about all the things I do fitness and then I think about that very first run and how running from my mom's house to the Acme seemed like holy crap like (laughs) that's a long way and even as I was in it you know thinking I was going to die um, you know, and never thinking, Hey, 12, 13 years down the road, like, dude, this is going to be cake for you. You're going to be doing so many other things. Um, so really, you know, I think, you know, those points too are very important to really look at your journey, you know, really, really be present in it. Um, you know, really appreciate the times where you're not where you want to be, because when you get where you want to be, those are the things that, you know, help root your why, you know? Absolutely, man. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so did you end up playing all four years at Westchester? Uh, no. So I did two, I did two and a half, um, ended up being a numbers game. I actually ended up getting cut from the program for a numbers thing. Um, there, you know, they give you the talk, Hey, it's just the numbers. You're going to be going for a couple of weeks. We're going to take, bring you back. For me, I had a, I had a very big ego at that time. Like even my, my freshman year, I very much didn't like that. I didn't start because I felt like I was the best linebacker on the team. But obviously you have seniors. There's a lot of things that sort of go into all those different things. Um, So, you know, even even in those, um, you know, going through that, I really had to break down my ego. So at the the, the couple of weeks that, you know, I was off the team, that was my first experience of, of really college social life. Um, and in all honesty, after experiencing that, I was like, I think I dodged my coach's phone call for like, like another two weeks, man. And I was like, I, I, was told him, I was like, you know, I just got to focus on schoolwork. Um, but in all honesty, it was just like, you know, really experiencing that college life. It was hard to really give that back, um, which brought an entirely different element to, you know, staying in your fitness and doing all these other things, because that's, you know, it's not as easy to do so when you have all of that distraction going. So your why probably changed then at that point. Yeah, absolutely. At that point, it changed to, and that's where I say it changed really for vanity's sakes, um, you know, for looking. When you're an 18, 19 year old kid, I mean, it's hard to find like a real deep why at that point. So you go with that. Absolutely. And that's, you know, especially at that time, it's actually a very strong driver, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hormonal reasons for that. <laughs> what? Biological reasons for that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you think about, you know, throughout your life when, you know, image is probably most important. It's certainly that time, you know, that yeah. college, you know, who are you? Who are you, you know, right. in college to, you know, the scene? Who's the social circle? What do they think of me? These different type, type things. So, yeah. um, you know, it sort of created, you know, is that guy he's always running around campus you know all these things so yeah. that was something that definitely helped me stay rooted in in my fitness while also you know 
still going, you know, out and partying, um, then going to the calf and not eating so great, you know, all the time. So, um, yeah, that, that ended up being a very strong driver at that point. I mean, hey, that's just that's that's human nature, like at just <laughs> raw form right there, almost. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I rather go, I rather go along with biology than try and fight it, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's hard to fight it, man. It's hard. <laughs> really hard. Sometimes we have to, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So if you could just like, like virtually like download like three things and like everybody in the country or world for that matter, like everybody in their heads, like three things that they could start doing tomorrow to just basically, you know, reverse this obesity epidemic we're in right now? Um, sheesh, three key points. Um, I guess I would have to say, you know, those, those go to those same, you know, core points I give, I give to anybody who meets me and ask, um, you know, make a decision, right? Make a decision that you want to start. Make a decision, you know, because we can say all these different things. We can say all these different things that we want to do, but, Literally, so I had a client last night, and like I said, one of the biggest things they they have is to start. So we were on the second day of her program, she missed day one. I'm like, hey, you know, it's day one. You were you were, were really you know excited to start, yeah. and then she's like, yeah, you know, I said, well, look, here's what we're gonna do. Take you know, look at the, look at the workouts, pick whichever one you like, and make it that you're going to do it tomorrow, right? Start that. So not only are we going to say that we're going to do it, where is it going to be in your day? And I'm going to call you at that point and make sure <laughs> that you're getting ready to do that. You know, it, it takes a lot of planning. So yeah. being able to intentionally move. So I guess if we were to get a, categorize that move with intention, right? Set that intention and start and get going. Um, and then after you get going, the second point I would say is keep going. You know, whatever going may be, like I said, it could be a, a small start. It could be that walk. It could be whatever it is. Make the decision that you're going to keep going. Um, you know, something that helps me with those things is, is writing it down. Um, you know, write the, write the things down that you want to do. You know, it's, it's very easy, like I said, to think the things that you want to do. But when you write it down, it really becomes a goal. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot harder to dodge it because, you know, when it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Um, I truly do believe that. So, you know, writing those those goals down, whether it's just for tomorrow, hey, one mile walk, um, yeah. you're going to be put it on your refrigerator. You're going to stare at you're going to be looking at that every day. But as the background of your phone, you're going to be looking yeah. at that all day. Yeah. Um, you know, that, where that doesn't help. I mean, I know sometimes that telling somebody else you're going to work out tomorrow at 2 p.m. Like telling your, your, your spouse or your, your, your brothers, whatever the case may be, siblings, somebody in your life, you know, somebody you work with, like tell them you're starting this. So that almost creates like another source of accountability for you as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a lot of people for them, and that's why I make them tell me because, you know, I serve as that, that accountability purpose. Yeah, yeah. But right. I think that's a big thing for me. That's very much the way I operate. So when I tap into people who can operate that same way, um, I definitely tell them to use that. You know, I think about when I did my first ever bodybuilding competition, it was never something I was going to do. People suggested and I kept saying, eh, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it. And then one day I just, I literally posted to social media. I'm going to do nothing else. I'm going to do a bodybuilding competition. Yep, yep. And now at that point, it was like, well, I said it now. I, I got it. I got to yeah, sign up for this bodybuilding competition. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that's a very powerful tool as well. Um, sort of, you know, outward accountability from someone else, you know, someone that you, you have a great respect for, someone who's, you know, opinion you, you value, um, who you don't want to let down. Mm -hmm. um, and then I guess just as far as more on the on the more technical side, as far as tackling obesity, um, you know, dietary changes that, that that's always going to be the biggest pillar um, I live by. You definitely need both physical and and your diet. But I'd say if you ever were to have just one or you need to start with one, that dietary is certainly going to be where it's at. You can make immense changes with that. So um, even if it's simple, like I said, stop eating bread um, right that down, throw away your bread, whatever it may be, um, you know, or don't throw it away, give it, give it to somebody. I'm, yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, you know, any, anything like that, but really taking action and doing those things are the biggest thing because it's so, so important, man. You know, even, you know, myself who's been in it long, I'm sure, you know, it's so, so important to move with intention and really plan out, you know, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. You have to actually plan out these things. Don't, you know, just occur by happenstance. Yep. It's, it's very intentional action that takes place to have a fitness journey, to start a business, to do any of these things. You have to move with intention. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people were maybe the, the, the 
the gap is, is that people can, you know, they can, they can do half an hour for a workout, but they can't intentionally plan their meals the next right. day. Let's actually transition to that then. So how do you p- help yeah. people along with the meal planning? Um, so typically um, what I do is, is start from, I have to get a good idea of where they're at, right? So I think the biggest reason for failure in, in any meal plan program or any diet for that matter is drastic change from where you're at. Right. So I look at people, you know, and everybody's coming from a different place. But what are you what are you currently eating? I have them walk me through their their overall day. So the very first step, I'm going to tell them things to cut cut out. Hey, take this take this first week. Do it. You know, do your regular your go through of your week. Um, but take out this, you know, for lunch, take out this for dinner. Um, don't have the rice, you know, don't have this, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, you know, so that's the first step. And then from there, it's really building things that are, are like what they like, um, similar, similar things, because you don't want it to be drastically different. That can be a daunting thing where people say, well, I'm so used to eating this. Now I'm just eating broccoli. Um, you know, finding ways to spice it up and make it seem fun, right? You can do, you know, ground turkey taco and, you know, save yourself a lot from just using turkey over beef, um, right. which are things that people don't really think about. Um, but it doesn't have to be so you know, ridiculous there, but really knowing where they're coming from helps me to be able to really aim and point, Hey, these are some, some steps I think you could take immediately. And then from there, it's all, it's all growth and transition from there because having a person who goes from eating fast food two times a day and say, Hey, well, I'm going to have you eat uh, plain chicken breast and spinach for the next three weeks there that's setting them up for failure. And it w- 100% of the time will not work. Right. right. Um, you know, so I think it's important that I think that's a reason a lot of people, you know, don't go through with their things because it is such a drastic change. Gotcha. So you try and make it as less least drastic as possible at the, at the beginning and you take them one small step at a time. So like when you look like year zero compared to like year two drastic changes, but like each one of those is small. That's smart. Yep. And that serves as a secondary sort of mindset type thing, you know, where they can see, OK, wow. Even in even in the exercise and the workouts or, yeah, I started with just doing a walk and now look at me and that just lets them know, like, yes, that progress is going to be continuous. As long as you go, it goes, Um, you know, and day by day, maybe you don't see anything, um, you know, you don't really feel anything. But month by month, year by year, you look at it's it's big. It's big change. Um, So, yeah, definitely. I think that transitioning and that easing into it is certainly a better way to go. you know, than just sort of a cold turkey. Hey, do you know, eat this, you know, don't yeah. eat this. You got to go um, straight away. You're eating to eating and in, in this, this ideology of diet or this ideology, like, you're like, you gotta go carnivore. You gotta go keto. You gotta go paleo. Uh, no, let's not go all the way at first. Let's go one mile right. per hour at a time, as opposed to zero to a hundred. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause you got to figure, you know, most people, you know, whatever they're consuming regular is, is going to be probably above, you know, what their, their, their caloric, you know, intake needs to be. Um, but any, any, any reversal in the other direction is certainly going to get the ball rolling for them. Maybe it's not putting them on any type of aggressive deficit right away, but it's a deficit from that surplus where they were at. So, you know, now the weight loss stop, or the weight gain stops and, maybe we're stagnant where we stay there for the first week and then, then we start moving back. But in their mind, it's like, okay, well, this, we're not really doing anything different, but I stopped gaining weight. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, I lost a pound last week and we didn't do really anything different. We just removed, you know, the bread from lunch. Yeah. Um, you know, it really helps make it really ease into them because it can be such a daunting task sometimes. Yeah, absolutely, man. That's smart. That's smart. So on the diet um, topic, I've seen you try, I mean, I've seen you go like, I think my first started following you're like vegetarian, vegan. Now, like you, you're, you're, you seem to be changing it up pretty often. Is that intentional? Do, do you have one diet you like or what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, I eat pretty steady throughout the year. Um, you know, when we met, I was vegetarian at the time. Um, and I'm not sure if I told you, but I did that um, really to understand some of the clientele that I did have. I ended up taking on a great deal of vegetarian clients right. who also were doing exercise programs. And 
one of the things that they, you know, that I was finding common in, in their responses and their feedback was, hey, man, I'm kind of tired. You know, I don't know if I have the energy sometimes to get these workouts in. What's going on? Because naturally, as they wanted to lose weight, you put them on a deficit and more, you know, maybe even a carb deficit. Yeah. Um, so really, when when I, when I looked at that, I was like, OK, well, obviously, I know what science says, you know, and all these different things. But experiencing was a different thing. So I did it for 90 days really to try to understand them more. And I understood very quickly that that feeling of fatigue and just general, you know, tiredness, um, you know, with not having those those carbs in there. But, you know, my general diet, um, you know, I, I eat pretty steadily around the year, uh, lean meats, um, pretty low carb diet, um, you know, high, you know, higher fats at certain times of the year. Uh, definitely during the winter, I indulge. I use that, you know, to match up with, you know, trying to gain a little size. Yep, um, yep. Because ultimately, you know, life's about living, right? My favorite things are my mom's home cooked meals. So I don't care what I'm doing unless I'm like, you know, two weeks out from a show. Right, when I right. go home, I'm eating the mac and cheese. <laughs> There's no way I'm passing that up. Right, right. So, um, you know, for me, it's just about, you know, pivoting from there. Okay, I'm not going to be very, I'm not going to be super lean with my extra intense V cut and abs, but I can use this time to use that extra carb and that, you know, that extra glycogen in, in there to really throw around some weight, really engage in some hypertrophy, yeah. um, you know, and really, I think that's what it is, you know, being able to utilize and use the different areas of your life. But I took a lot from that vegetarian stint. I think um, in all actuality, what I'm going to try probably next winter is going to do like a, like a vegetarian bulk almost because, yeah. you know, you do get a lot of carb in the vegetarian diet. Mm -hmm. um, and I think being able to use that, um, you know, through the holidays, you know, would be would be cool. Like my mom makes, you know, ham or turkey. I will miss out on the turkey because I do love turkey. Yeah. But ultimately, it's a lot of just carbs, you know, mac yeah, and cheese, you know, sweet potatoes and all these different things. So um, using that, like, I think that it aligns with that. So I'm, I'm actually very interested to try that next year. It's been um, done before, man. It, it can be done. It's, people have done yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm uh, I'm excited to it. But I think, you know, for me, like I said, it's an ever evolution. So um, as I, you know, find clientele that tells me different things, you know, that try different things or tell me things that they've tried, um, you know, or tell me the things that they're experiencing as they go through the program, mm -hmm. it's important for me to to know it on a, on a real aspect, on a real time aspect, because yeah. so much of what I what I do and how I connect to people is, is being able to tell them, yeah, I've been there before. I've been overweight. You know, I've been been down this journey. So to be able to say, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I did vegetarian. I certainly understand that. Let's tweak this a little bit. Um, you know, those are going to be the things really that that help me be the best coach that I can be. Man, that's awesome that you did that. I mean, that I mean, like you said, if you actually had gone through it, your ability to help somebody currently going through it just grows exponentially. For example, like in my practice, uh, somebody coming with low back pain, like me having had a, a broken back in like several flare ups throughout the years, like I know what that feels like, and that helps. Yeah. Me like relate to them so much more and just have, be a little more empathetic. So that's so cool that you actually like went ahead and did the vegetarian diet for 90 days, pretty much just for your clients. I mean, that's, that's like method acting. That's pretty intense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a really cool experience too, man. Uh, some of the things that I experienced in that certainly, um, you know, really bringing home the point that they were saying about the fatigue sometimes with, you know, a lower, lower carb, um, you know, vegetarian diet. But I think for me, the, the biggest thing was, you know, protein intake. Um, I'm not really a supplement guy for the most part. So finding a lot of natural uh, proteins, you know, in the vegetarian diet wasn't, you know, so easy. Yeah. Um, you know, especially as you're looking in the summer, I go very high protein. Um, you know, I did end up actually using a supplement at that point, just a vegetarian uh, protein. Mm -hmm. um, but I started losing strength, which was like, whoa, like, okay, yeah, now I, I kind of get it, you know, yeah. um, and it's so necessary. But yeah, it was definitely a very cool experience. Um, coming off of that, actually, when I started eating meat again, I think it was just like my body, like wanting it. Like I did almost carnivore diet. Like I was never a red meat eater. Um, I started eating a lot of red meat after that, um, yeah. utilizing beef jerky, uh, just sort of ground beef again as well. Um, my body responds very well to it. Um, you know, something, just another learning point after that, but did that probably for about a month and a half before really saying, okay, let me ease out with, you know, some of the, some of the red meats and then get back sort of closer to my regular diet.
Wow. So your body kind of like hyper responded after being deprived of it for so long, I guess. It did. It did, man. And I think too, yeah, just the, the red meat too. Cause the red meats, like I, like I said, I, I rarely eat red meat for the most part. Um, but coming off of that, I was like eating beef jerky, eating ground beef, you know, how I have a steak, um, all these different things. And it was like, you know, just sort of the, the, the way that my body responded to that. It was like, it's sort of like, like I pulled back and then snapped forward um, right. for it. So yeah, it was a really cool thing. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of nutrients and a lot of qualities to the red meats other than just the protein content. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, we know all this stuff from like an educational point. Um, but like I said, the experience, experiencing it, you know, and doing a little experiment yourself, man, it just hits different. It, yeah, nothing, you know? nothing drives at home like experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like, you know. I could tell you about this movie. I could tell you about the Spider-Man movie that just came out. I could tell you all about it, but like, we'll go see it. <laughs> it's not going to be the same unless you go see it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you see it, by the way? I actually have not. Oh, okay. All right. I got to get to it. Go see it, man. I got to get to it. All right, man. Do you have a, um, like a specific morning routine you like to stick to, or do you have some general principles as, as well? Um. Yeah, I mean... Definitely. It's, it's, it's probably a mixture of a little bit of both. There's some things that I know I have to do every morning. Um, you know, sometimes obviously the mornings get a little crazy. Maybe I had a later night, you know, you want that extra five minutes, 10 minutes of sleep, um, you know, but obviously, you know, for me, every every morning, you know, for the most part, when my alarm goes off, um, I have to put my feet on the ground right away. Um, it's very hard to get back into bed once you put your feet on the ground, like yeah. you, gotta, you gotta go back under the covers, throw them all in. So like, right. just that's my, my, even if I go and I'm like, still like, you know, it's one of those days where I'm like, I don't want to go, but like, I know I'm not going to roll back over and get back in the bed. Um, so feet on the cold, ground, feet on the ground. Yeah. Feet on the ground immediately. Like that. Um, a quick cold, you know, splash of the face and wash my face cold and, and cold does a immense job and just sort of waking you up. Yeah. Yep. Um, so you know, you I was better too. 100%. It's like, it's like that. Okay, good morning. You know, um, obviously brushing teeth and everything like that. But I go through a whole morning process where, you know, I'm a pretty spiritual and religious person. I say my prayers. Um, and that sort of goes to the ideology of, of what I think for the mornings, practicing gratitude, um, you know, really, really looking at the things you're thankful for, right? It can be, it can be very easy to wake up on a day when you're tired and really just hate the world, um, really hate everything that you've got to do today. But if you take 10, 15 minutes in the morning and think about all the things you're thankful for, um, you know, from yesterday, the things you're thankful for today, um, you know, thankful just for waking up. Um, it's very hard to have a bad day because you go into the day really just, you know, with a mindset of, wow, you know, things, you know, the world works for me, you know, and it's, a, it's an energy that is necessary there. So for me, a lot of times that comes by way of prayer, um, you know, and really just going in and taking the time to really just, um, you know, to pray and really be there. I think anybody, you know, that has their form of meditation is going to serve that same purpose, um, you know, whether it's reading their preferred, you know, book, um, really taking some time and just being in the quiet, focusing on breathing, stretching, yoga, any of those things where you can really be at the mind, I think is a, is a way to start the day. Because, you know, throughout the day, so much stimulus here, there, everywhere, um, yeah. you yeah. rarely get time to actually just be in your thoughts. Yep. I like, I mean, I like that. I'm, I'm going to think about that tomorrow morning, feet on the ground, feet on the ground. Oh yeah, man. It's, that's, that's a big one. <laughs> I give a lot of people that one. Some people are like, yeah, sometimes I wake up and I'm just not feeling, I don't want to do it. I lay in bed for it. I'm like, nope. Just as soon as, as soon as your alarm goes off, even if your eyes haven't opened yet, put your feet <laughs> right, on the <right>. ground. <laughs> yeah, You'll find that it's a lot harder, man, to go, go back into bed. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right, Joshua, what would you say, looking back at your whole life, would, would you classify as your biggest failure? And then how would you say you've learned from that? Um, sure. That's a, that's a good one. Um, I think that's a good one to talk about. So, I mean, I've had, I've had a lot of failures in, right. my, in life, um, you know, but I don't know if I could quantify any of them as the, the biggest or causing the most harm there. Okay. Um, you know, I have, you know, relationship failures. I have, you know, ventures that have failed. I have, you know, financial things that I've, you know, invested in that have failed. Mm -hmm. Um, so many things, but I think, you know, all of them really teach me, um, to keep going. You know, that, you know, no failure is ever going to, to define you. In fact, you know, your, you know, your success ends up, you know, defining your failure. Um, you know, anything that I've ever failed in, I really just learned from, you know, and I've learned that truly, 
you know, that is the success. As long as you learn, learn something from it, it's not, it's not truly, you know, a failure for me. So like I look at past relationships that went south. I now know the things that I need in a relationship, you know, the things that I need to do better in a relationship. I look at past, you know, financial adventures, maybe stops. Okay. Well, I now understand the stock market a little bit more, Um, you know, whatever it, whatever it may be. I think the biggest thing to learn from any failure is that, you know, you, you can, you, you're going to be better from it. That, that failure is not the end all be all. It's just that, you know, it's something that, you know, makes you better at whatever that you failed at. Yeah. Um, to, quote, uh, to quote my boy Yoda, failure, <laughs> failure is the greatest teacher is. <laughs> <laughs> you are uh, you a Mandalorian guy? You, you watch oh, that? yeah. Big, big, big time. Yeah. Big time. I mean, I didn't have a choice growing up. My brother was like a huge Star Wars guy. So like, okay, those original three, I've, I've probably seen those like each like a hundred times. And then I only just watched them last year for the first time, man, because of, because of Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, uh, and I've started just watching them all then. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad that the Disney Plus show was an avenue for you to, to get into the family. Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really cool. My, my biggest knock with them before was like, it's a sci-fi movie, but it looked old to me. So yeah. I like, I couldn't, it, it, would, it would mess with my mind. <laughs> that's that's, that's the honesty problem too. She's like, she's like, I could just tell us movie was made in the seventies. I can't do it. <laughs> I guess it's right. a me thing then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that, that definitely, you know, the failure is, is definitely um, something to, to, to look forward to almost sometimes. Like the fact is if you're not failing at anything, you're really not trying to do much. Right. Um, you know, you're staying very much in that comfort zone in a little box of things you're very comfortable and you know how to do. For me, I've learned to crave that discomfort, crave, you know, those things where I don't really know how to do it because I know, you know, from all the failures that I've done, I'm going to be better because, you know, I'm going to be better because I learned that this is not what to do. Right. Um, I think uh, might might be Warren Buffett um, even said he's like, you know, I won't, I won't invest in anybody's venture unless they have at least three failed adventures. Um, because you now know those things. It might even have been a higher number than that, but right, because right. you now know those things not to do. And, yeah. you know, really applying that to anything in, in, in life is going to be, you know, is going to be paramount. You know, really yeah. learning to fail forward um, yeah. is how I always say, it, you know. Yeah, and I think part of that, in order for you to learn from your past failures, you have to be humble enough to admit that you did something wrong. I think people fall into patterns when, you know, whether it's like, for example, a relationship, they kind of, they're always dating the, the same kind of people, you know, and right. look at what they did wrong so they could avoid that mistakes. But in order to look at what you did wrong, you have to first admit that you did something wrong. You right. have to be humble enough to get to that point. 100%, 100%. That's always a big thing. Um, the, the, the self-accountability and the self-ownership of things wrong. I've learned, you know, that's something I've also learned to do. Even at times where you feel dead set, they're like, nah, this was in the wrong. There's always something that you could do better, that you could have done better um, to mitigate any situation. Yeah. Um, so when you learn to really look for those things, failure becomes something that's so minuscule um, that, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're really ready, you're ready to take on anything because failure is not a source of fear for you. Yep. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So more questions. First one, somebody who's hitting a plateau, one of your clients, for example, let's say that, you know, you got their why pretty much nailed down. What are some other reasons why they might be hitting that plateau? If anybody's out there listening right now, who's kind of in a rut, in a plateau, whether they're they're not gaining weight, they're trying to gain muscle, you're not losing weight and and trying to lose fat. What, what would what would be your advice for them? Um, yeah, so I mean, I think this ties right even to just what we were we were talking about last and sort of getting out of that comfort zone and things like that. You know, so typically when we see plateaus, um, it's really our body's response mechanism to you know to adapt, right? It's 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 adapt, our body adapts to any anything that we do. So right. once that that adaptation mechanism takes place, you really are going to find where it's plateaued because it's no longer causing that change in the body. So typically, um, you know, and this could be either on the nutrition side or on the fitness side or even both, 
really your body is just craving a change, something different, right? Um, you know, and for me, obviously, I give a lot of insight to people, you know, depending on what they're doing, all you really want to do is change. And that could be methods, that could be tempos, that could be, hey, you were doing mostly, you know, weight, weight training, let's go ahead and get you into some hit type stuff. Let's go ahead and get you into more cardio. Hey, you've been doing a lot of cardio, let's slow that down and go, you know, a hit type workout, let's go just slow weight heavier or slow reps, heavier weight, things right. like that. Um, you know, hey, your macro uh, adjustment is this. Let's go ahead and tweak some things, change this up. Because your body, you know, when you throw different things at it, that's when it really takes that action. That's when we see that progress, things are moving. Um, you know, when it goes from a steady state, you know, and that's where you get that plateau. It's going up because of the change your body's getting used to it. And you typically, that plateau is where it levels off. Yeah. And you come into that steady state again. Once you're in that steady state, really, you just got to shake it up again and do something different. You know, give the body some different work, some different methods, um, different intensity levels. All those different things are going to take you right out of that plateau and get things moving again because your body then wants to try to figure it out. And that adaptation mechanism takes over again that's where the change takes place yep absolutely yeah because yeah, the body always kind of the body doesn't the body wants to go back to equilibrium right it wants to conserve it wants to you got, uh, that's a little bit of a deeper understanding of you know metabolism and hormonal changes and things like that but yeah that's good advice good advice yeah absolutely all right man so what would you say is a common myth about someone in your position a, a health coach a, a lifestyle transformation coach a certified personal trainer what are some common myths you hear out there that you, you know, you don't really just, you don't really agree with? Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, see a person like myself or people who, you know, have reached higher pinnacles than I have, or, you know, um, you know, all these, these people who are physiques online and a lot of people like to chalk it up to, you know, just, just genetics and this genetics obviously always, play a part in that. But when I hear that, that's probably one of the things that angered me the most because I have the same genetic genetic makeup that I did when I was overweight. Right. And for me, it truly shows that, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a product of the things that I've done, you know, and even as I look at it year over year, right. My first, my first year of fitness, I thought I was in the best shape of my life. Look at me. I look great. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Every year after that, I've been in the best shape of my life. And it's only by a product of Oh, well, I've been doing it two years. That's why I look like this. So I've been doing it five years. That's why I'm like this. Or I've been doing it, you know, eight years. You know, it's always a product of that. So that's one of the ones that really kind of like anger me when people try to chalk it up because it is a cop out, you know, yeah. certainly your genetic makeup is going to make, uh, you know, a difference, mm -hmm. but not to the point where, you know, you can't make change. Yeah, um, that, that really only applies. I mean, like you, you could argue genetics if like if you're like a, like a top tier bodybuilder, like at that point, you could be working harder than somebody else, but they have different genetics. So they might get first, you get second. But right. look, man, general <laughs> public average population isn't getting anywhere close to that, nor do they want to. So <laughs> right, right. One hundred percent. Um, and then another big one that I that I I often hear um, it doesn't it doesn't really evoke any emotion from me, but I always think it's interesting. People just say, you know, well, you, or, or think that you've got it figured out. Maybe that where I'm at, I, you know, you've got it all figured out. You got it. But the fact is that you know to be this, you have to be constantly figuring it out. You know, like I, you know, like you said, the people you're going to reach plateaus. There's no way I could be the best shape of my year, my my life every year if I just did the same things I did from day one. Because at some point. I'm just going to plateau, nothing, but like you have to develop and continue to, to deepen your understanding, continue to deepen your research. Um, you know, it's never, you know, a, a, a full understanding of things. You must always be learning. Um, you know, one of the things I tell people all the time, I say, there is no finish line. You know, there's no finish line, you know, especially, you know, it's, it's probably most most, you know, applicable to this field. There is no finish line. You just keep going. You know, there's no, there's no, I couldn't work out or do any particular routine for X amount of time and say, okay, good. I'm fit for life. Nope. Right. If I want to be fit for life, I have to keep being, you know, keep actively doing things for life. Um, so a lot of people think, you know, that you have it figured out and you're sort of never like, the, the, the fact is I'm obsessed, you know, I'm a, anything you want to excel in and you want to rise to the top and you have to be obsessed. Um, I'm obsessed with, with, you know, building myself up and living my healthiest life. I'm obsessed with showing people the ways to do so. Um, you know, my new program that just came out, I want, you know, I, I put a lot into that. So I'm, a, I'm a, a year into my business from my first site 
And I already was like, hey, now nah, I want a new site. I want something better. I want something more. I want something, you know, deeper that, that gives more service to people. And I think, you know, I'm happy to see that that's, that's taking place in my business because that's the way I operate in real life. You know, even if it's just, just on a perennial basis and every year, you know, I need to be leveling up. That's what I needed for my life. And that's what I need for all the things that, you know, I have, I have in place. So, you know, it's never fully figured out. Um, you know, you might figure it out in this moment, but the moment you, you think you have it figured out from here on out is the moment someone passes you, you know, cause the, there's people always working. So you need to continue to work, um, whatever it is you're doing, obviously definitely in your fitness journey. Um, if you don't use it, you lose it, you know? Yeah. Damn, man. That was great. I think, I think two of the biggest phrases I'm going to take from this podcast are feet on the ground when you wake up and then there is no finish line. There's no finish line, my man. You just you know, keep going. I, I think a lot of people fall into that line of thinking. Like if I just do this, I just do that. I could, I could relax. I could stop. I mean, that might be true for some like financial goals, retirement, things like that. But when it comes to fitness, there is no finish line. Yeah, man, you just got to you just got to keep going. And that's that consistency. That's that day in, day out, even if it's not you know, going so hard. I know I'm moving every day. You know, I know I'm doing something every day to get me towards this goal of whatever it is that I have, whether it's my business, whether it's financial, whether it's fitness. I know every day I got to wake up and think, OK, how can I get better in this area? Yep. Yep. Man, that was great. That was a great conversation. Thank you so much. I mean, I see you yeah, all the time. So hardworking, so smart, so articulate, like you just, just like distilled all like these like top level like principles and like sciencey things down to like what people need to know man so that's great so, I, I appreciate that so i highly recommend everybody listen to this follow you on instagram where else can we uh, check you out at man um yeah you can definitely hit my site joshuajdiesel.com um pretty much joshua J. diesel is is my is my brand so um my twitter my instagram my facebook all under joshua j diesel um and then yeah joshuajdiesel.com can go ahead i give a lot of insight there set up a lot of calls even you know people who don't do my programs i give it a lot of free info one of the favorite things i do is just talk to people all day really giving them sort of insight on the journey that i've had you know very similar to you know some of the things that we've spoken about here today um, you know, just really give them insight and be able to motivate and give people, you know, the, 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 the things that they need and the info they need. Awesome, man. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. I hope everybody else got as much out of this as I did. Great conversation, Josh. Thanks for coming by again, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on brother. All right, man.